Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Horror. Greetings, viewers and listeners. Meet Hook Jim here, the Wrestle Horror Podcast. With me, as always, couldn't do with Adam, my co host, Donnie Hoover. Donnie, we're almost in July. Well, actually, oh, yeah. we'll be on this time to read. Yeah, by the time, time this airs. Yep. Yeah, I'd say the summers, uh, we wait, it took forever to get here. Now it's just flying by. <laughs> it's like, it'll be done before you know it. It is. And, you know, indie wrestling is hot right now. You got promotions all over the state and all over the country just really working their, their talent. And uh, we decided to reach out to a, a local promotion that uh, I actually uh, work for. Mm-hmm. And that is Battle on the Border in Southwest Ohio. And the promoter and owner is Denim Blevins. And Denim is with us right now. Denim, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. Uh, home from a long day of work uh, out there, just uh, enjoying the summer weather, as we said, and excited for some wrestling. Excited to sit down and talk to you guys. So I've got to ask you, Denim, I, you know, I reached out to you. We, we met at the Squared Circle Expo, and then I reached out to you, and you said, you know, you can you can use my talent, and I came on board. Uh, yes, how did Battle on the Border get started? All right, so uh, the way that Battle on the Border got started was the year would be 2016, and I was working for a company called MVP Sports, and at that time... I was uh, in charge of their softball stuff. So I was the one like coordinating, directing the tournaments, getting the umpires and all that. And then I was also the founder and starter of their three-on-three basketball league. So I was the one organizing that, making the schedule, recruiting the teams, doing the tournaments, all that. And we had a nice facility. And me being friends with the owner there, I knew that a long time ago, maybe six or seven years before that, that there had been wrestling in the area. So... I went up to him and said, hey, what do you think about me having a third sport here that I would be controlling and that'd be pro wrestling? And he was all about it. So we did our first five shows there in West Harrison, uh, Indiana, which is just over the border, hence the name Battle on the Border. Uh, and then as it grew, I started getting asked to do them in a lot of other places. And now we travel to different towns and uh, continue up that theme of doing, you know, Ohio and Indiana. But yeah, it, uh, it started that innocently. It was the third sport that I was running at a venue and uh, got it off the ground like that. So I've always been kind of a entrepreneur type to come up with stuff and create create things where I saw it opening. So I'm really happy I did this one specifically because a lot of my family and friends enjoy it and it kind of gives back to the community. The kids really seem to enjoy it. Like I have nieces and nephews that are eight and 10 and ages like that. And um, it feels good to put a smile on all their faces. Now, do you have a pro wrestling background or are you just like you said, you're just an entrepreneur and pro wrestling was the made sense with the building you were in or how did that work out? So I've been basically involved in all sports in my life. Um, I've traveled the country playing baseball, softball. I'm official for both of them, basketball as well. I did amateur wrestling in school. So I did uh, wrestle in that sense. And then mm-hmm. as an adult, I've done like karate and Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, you know, played volleyball, flag football, basically like every kind of sport you can think of. And for me, the last thing that I hadn't been involved with uh, that I really loved or had passion for was pro wrestling. 
So that's kind of, and I had some friends already in the business um, and those people like helped me basically build it from the ground up. Um, All right. You know, some of the first people on board, like uh, hardcore Heather Owens was one, uh, Brandon Xavier up in uh, uh, at Mega Championship Wrestling is one of them. Uh-huh. I had people in different walks of life. Uh, Rick Toms, I knew him because he had been doing this for so long that as a little kid, I knew him as a ring announcer. So basically, I surrounded myself with a group of knowledgeable people and then uh, try to be like a sponge and learn and uh go from there man and then as as it got bigger you know get more sponsors and try to get on more platforms find different venues uh start doing sold shows at fairs and festivals and just basically try to take the ball and run with it there you go well so you started in 2016 when did you have your first show uh yeah so the first show ever uh, was just originally just called Battle on the Border, and that was in October that year. Okay. And it was a big hit. I mean, it, we, we had uh, the now deceased uh, Grandmaster Sexy, Brian Christopher, was there, so he was our first. That hit, that's why he always held a special place with me. He was like the first big name to get on board with me. Um, and then we got, you know, Rob Conway came in involved, and it kind of snowballed from there a little bit. So basically we trended to doing more and more shows each year. So we just did that one at the end of 2016, 2017, we went up to doing four, 2018, we went up to five, 2019, we went up to seven, 2020, we had 10 on the schedule. Um, and sadly COVID wiped out seven of them. So we only able to do three shows that year because venues and such were shut down. So it was never the battle on the border quote, canceled an event. It was that we're not legally allowed to and stuff like that. And then last year, I think we did, it was either nine or 10, somewhere right around there. So basically bounce back to where we were. And we, I'm not sure where we'll end up this year, but somewhere in that same vicinity, once again, trying to obviously go it a little bit each year and uh, try to not get ahead of yourself too, too much where you try to expand beyond your capabilities. So just add on a little bit at a time and, uh, add different things to the company as you go and like reinvest money and stuff. That's something I learned from the guy that mentored me the most. Uh, you know, I, I didn't mention him earlier, but Tom Williams at war has been a good friend for a long time. And big Tom mm-hmm. is a guy that showed me the ropes and taught me like how to have a, a good business perspective and how to deal with different situations. Um, you know, how to basically a whole lot of what I know came from him. And, and I still talk to him regularly this day because he's been in it way longer than me. He's older than me. So I kind of, as I said, look at him as a mentor and, and soak in his knowledge. Yeah. I, so I've known big Tom for a couple of decades now, and I still reach out to him for advice. <laughs> well, the thing I love about big Tom is that he's a brutally honest man. Uh-huh. He doesn't bother to, uh, if he hurts your feelings or tells you something, he don't. So that's what I seek in people. Cause there's a lot of people out there in life that, you know, can be butt kissers and stuff like that, especially, you know, if you own a company because they maybe they're just going to be a yes person and things like that. And Tom would be someone on the other side of that perspective for me where he might agree with me nine out of 10 times, but the other time we'll debate it a little bit and, you know, agree to disagree or maybe change opinion. You never know, but it's going to be out there. It's not just going to be brushed under the rug. We'll know where each other stands. And that's, I think, a true friend then when you could have that kind of relationship. Oh, yeah. 
Yep. Nothing wrong with that because I'd rather people be upfront and honest and tell me the truth, whether it hurt or not, than to lie and tell me <laughs> shit I don't want to hear, you know, just right. kiss up or whatever. I hate that. That's what I'm saying too, because I, I've had too many of them around my life. And, you know, I appreciate that in a way because people that are doing that, they are, you know, trying to be nice and things like that. But those people are way easier to find than the uh, people that are going to be real and honest, even when it's tough. Like it's easy to agree when it's easy, but if it's something a little more challenging, it's uh, takes a little bit of honor to actually stand up and voice your opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I got a, a curious question. Since you, like I said, a lot of promoters have come from wrestling backgrounds and all that and have been in the business, um, being that you haven't really been in the business per se, um, what has been the hardest challenge or the most challenging thing about learning the promoting and, and you know, getting in the business? What's been most challenging for you when it comes to putting on an event? All right, so it's a tough question. If I would say, uh, I, I would say the thing that I've constantly had to evolve would be uh, delegating responsibilities and stuff like that. And I've always had like leadership qualities from coaching and organizing and captaining different sports teams and stuff in my life. So I've always had that, but you know, it's a different challenge when you have to have someone, you know, do the merchandise and someone do the concessions and, you know, a video team and an announce team and this guy's editing that, and you know, you're doing ads and all these type of things. Like you're really getting hit from a lot of different places and, I had to eventually build a board of directors. So that board of directors uh, had nine people. We recently, well, we'll be back to nine soon, but basically usually seven to nine people total. And we meet up once a month and, uh, you know, delegate responsibilities and things like that. But it's still an evolving process where, you know, if things slip through the hole and things have to be fixed and then this happened unexpectedly and, and all those type of things. But I would say the biggest challenge is figuring out the right people to trust and then delegating the responsibilities to those people. All right. Now, how about this? If I was to ask you the same question, Donnie, even though I guess are you former wrestler or I don't know. Mm -hmm. who you're yeah. I, so I wrestled back in like 97 and early two thousands. So I, I trained up and wrestled a match uh, last year trained uh, at the end of the year. Uh, but obviously I wasn't like that before I got into it, but what was the biggest uh, challenge for you? Um, well, honestly, from where I was on the other side of the fence and I transitioned from wrestler to eventually promoter, it was basically that set that mind shift of, you know, taking off the wrestler hat and putting on the promoter hat. And because, uh, you know, wrestlers come in to the show with a different mindset, you know, they're there just to perform, you know, sell their gimmicks, get paid, you know, do what they're paid to do as where a promoter has, you know, 10,000 things going on. So that was kind of my biggest challenge because I knew, I mean, I obviously knew how it all worked and knew what I was getting into, but just transitioning my mindset. And then, you know, to managing more people and, and stuff like that, like a group of people, just like with the Arnold weekends, you know, like the last Arnold we just did in March, we probably had between 120 and 130 people, you know, in and out through the whole weekend that I was, I was responsible for. So, you know, the, that kind of stuff, you know, just, uh, getting my bearings about me and, and, you know, get, I had to switch from being wrestler to promoter and hop over the other side of the fence. So, I mean, but it's good for me because I understand both sides of it. Like when my wrestlers come to me with an issue or a problem, I'll put myself in their shoes. Like back when I was a wrestler, how would it make me feel? So that kind of helps. 
But um, yeah, I, I would say just the, the actual shifting of the mindset was probably the biggest hurdle I had to get over. And then once I got got that figured out, then everything's been kind of, I mean, there's still issues. There's always going to be issues. Every show, you're going to have something go wrong. So, but they're just a lot easier to deal with now. <laughs> yeah, you know how to roll with the punches at this point. Like, yeah, it's independent wrestling. Some Somebody's going to call off the day of the show or something's going to oh, yeah. happen. You have to shuffle the deck and go on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we uh, we had a uh, quite the challenging time a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was our first time dealing with that, but I think we did all right. Yeah, oh, what was it? What happened? We had an outdoor show and got rained on and soaked mm. the ring, and we didn't get the ring covered up in time. So we had a nine match uh, card, and we only got to do three matches, and then the ring was became unsafe, so we had to cancel the rest of the show. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've had to run into that type of situation a couple of times where it started raining or when it teased rain with like a sprinkle and stuff like that. Or mm-hmm. yeah, so that's, so that's what it did. That's what it did at the start. It, it had thunder in the distance. So we had to take a half an hour break and it had a little bit of sprinkles. So I thought we got away with it. And then three matches into it and like all hell broke loose. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and, and then, as the promoter, you're sitting over here and, and most of your close associates are looking at their phone and then each one of them's giving you a different prediction or thought that you should do because yeah. of it. <laughs> when you know they're all guessing and you're like, well, right. I right. I guess I'm going to have to figure something out, but nobody really knows here. Maybe we should take the safe route. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing about ours is the mayor, because I live in Obets, it's just kind of like a little suburb, small town outside. Well, it's a city now, but it's outside of Columbus. And uh, our mayor was there with the event because it was an event for our town. And she was watching me. I walked over and was talking to her and one of our officers. And she was talking about the clouds coming. She was like, I think I'm going, they're going to miss us. I'm praying that they miss us. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. It's like, I'm not going to worry about it then. And then like 20 minutes later, <laughs> it just all hit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it goes. Oh, yeah. That's indie wrestling. Indie wrestling. Uh, so, Denim, you know, my, actually, my first show was when I came and did commentary for you. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, I've obviously watched you. I mean, I follow all the wrestling and Facebook and all that fun stuff. Sure. Uh, you have got you have managed to procure an amazing list of talent to come in and do your shows. Thank you. How do you do that? So I would say the best way that that has always worked for me is, uh, and and it's also the same tactic that I use in other walks of life. So with my softball and baseball and basketball and and even friends and family, and that is word of mouth so like friends of friends and referrals so like once people are on my roster then i'll talk to them and like i'll give you an example one of my right hand men and he got put into the hall of fame for my company in december and he's been with me since the very first day i started another person i should have mentioned earlier probably is uh, bobby fulton so you know after bobby had been with me for like four or five years he uh told me like hey my friend shane douglas would be a good addition and uh, stuff like that so then I'm like well I'll talk to him and we figure it out and and I would say that's the way it is is like uh, word of mouth and then just uh, mutual respect that if you treat people the right way for a long time then they're gonna put their name out there for you and vice versa and then I mean it also works out the other way I have 
a lot of friends that are uh, owners of different companies and promoters in different states and I'll refer them people and, and things like that. So I think that's a really, really big part of it, just being able to uh, use the resources at your disposal and, and, and network. And I'm, I'm sure that social media and stuff probably makes that a lot easier too. Like I've had, you know, people reach out to me on social media that I used to watch on TV and stuff like that because they want to come in. So obviously if that happens, I'm going to at least talk to them and see what we could work out. Like, Hey, do you want to come in? You want to do a couple of shows? You want to do a seminar? Like, what do you want to do? Uh, yeah, that, that's it. And, and then also not being complacent. So, um, you know, I have to work multiple avenues at all times. So like I always went battle in order to be an all-star show. So our people come from all over. Like if you look at our champions right now, our hardcore champion dirtbag Dan comes into the shows from uh, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a guy that trained Joey Janela out there. He's, he's uh, very, very good at what he does. And then our women's champion, Malia Hosaka uh, is in Seattle. So she flies in from there for the show. So kind of like a, big time or international feel, you know, basically go out and uh, try to get the better people from each area. And, and the other reason that, that works really well for Battle on the Border is that, uh, especially since we've started, there's been a lot of new wrestling in the area. So I'll say just in Cincinnati, since Battle on the Border, I know that uh, FGW started and they'd run weekly. Um, so I use, I have some people from there. APW has been around for a few years now and uh, they run probably a couple shows a month. So we use some people from there. Uh, there's a brand new one down here called Cincy Wrestling now. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I mean, I, there's some other ones too. So there's basically uh, a lot of people that are using similar talents from the area. So one of the other ways that I would always distinguish myself is to not necessarily do that. Try to make it an all-star show where I'm not relying on just like one trainer to do like a school show so maybe right. some places you would go and they have a head trainer and they might have a dozen students or more well they're probably all going to be on that show every time right stuff like that and I, I wouldn't have my hands tied on those type of things so i can literally uh, go with my judgment and then the judgment of the trusted ones that surround me and try to have a deep talented roster by doing it that way Well, it appears you've got a really good head on your shoulders for the business in a short period of time. I mean, relatively for someone who got a concussion last week, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, relatively speaking, yeah. uh, you know, some of these promotions have been around for a long time and here's battle on the border in 2016. Um, but you've really, um, you've really built a brand out of this in a really short period of time. I appreciate that. And, and that's one of the things like uh, how I I've constantly uh, like reinvest in the business and stuff, man, and try to make things better. So like at the beginning, I didn't own my ring. Well, now I own the ring and now I own a trailer to haul the ring. And now I own all my chairs, so I don't have to rent them anymore. Now I own all my tables. Uh, now I own all of my belts. I mean, all of our sound equipment. I have a guy that keeps all that and I don't have to worry about that, but we're the owners of all that. And then, you know, probably a bunch more stuff that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, but right. point being to just accumulate and keep growing like that. And, and uh, while I got you there, I'll show you a couple more things that I've done recently. So one of them is we just got a bunch of uh, pads to go around the ring because we're doing the zero gravity tournament. And right. it's the high flyers. So I have a whole bunch of these wrestling pads like this right here. I don't know if you guys have seen them, but basically mm -hmm. to make it safer, enough of them to put all the way around the ring for like the flying and stuff like that. Right. And then 
along those same, uh, we have, I got a bunch of this stuff called Sport Corp. So these are one foot by one foot tiles and they're in all different colors and they all snap together. So I could do like different color schemes and things like that. And we have thousands of these tiles now where I can go into any venue and you say they have a new floor. Like we had one place that had a million dollar uh, renovation done and uh, brand new floor and stuff like that. So we can put these things down uh, and work on top of that. And it's not a threat to harming any of their floors and things like that. So basically investments like that, just trying to put the money back into it and grow and, and get rid of overhead. And then also just uh, be a little bit smarter every year, man. I turn 40 in two months. And my goal is to like constantly evolve and be smarter than I was last year, uh, better invested than I was last year, surround myself with better people than I did last year and just uh, constantly evolve. You are still a pup. You're turning 40. <laughs> uh, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm just getting started. Like that's how I feel. We'll have to see how that plays out. Right. Right. I'm just turning 50 in two weeks. <laughs> like, about decade. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 57. The older you get, the less age gaps matter, or you even think about it, I think. <laughs> oh, I, I, I agree with you on that. The, the way that I tell to my friends, and especially to younger people than me, I was like, enjoy it while you can, because every single year of your life tends to go faster than the years before. And mm. I've been accept that because of your perspective it's like well that wasn't long that wasn't long they just keep flying by so i try to like live in the moment and have a fun life day to day and uh not worry too much about those type of things because mm -hmm. i know where i'm going to end up right so i don't want to think about it too much when i already know right <laughs> true so let's uh um let's steer the conversation a little bit to the other side of the show let's talk about horror Okay. Um, first of all, favorite genre, favorite character. Uh, I mean, what kind of horror do you like, Denim? Okay. So specifically uh, with Stephen King, the movie that made me the most afraid uh, when I was a kid was It, the original okay. It, Pennywise. And I remember uh, at our house, we were at the end of the street and we were surrounded by wooded areas. So it wasn't well lighted stuff. And I remember watching that. And then one of my chores was feeding the dogs and like running back into the woods. And I, I'd go back there, like really, really like slowly creeping on it. Cause I'm like thinking something's about to jump out to me and hearing all this. And as soon as I would feed my dog, I'd just run back to the house. Cause I thought Pennywise was going to get me or someone like that. Um, so I, I, I like those movies a lot where you really had to think. I, I like the new ones with that as well, but I wouldn't say I didn't think they're quite as good, like the remakes. Um, if I was saying more Stephen King, I know I liked uh, like the Pet Cemetery stuff. I know I liked, uh, there was one called The Stand that I know was really long. I don't know how many episodes that was, but I had really enjoyed that. Um, I don't know, what, what, what are you guys' favorites? Uh, who, who am I talking to here from that perspective? I don't know what you guys like either. You guys are probably, tell me the best ones on Netflix right now, because you'll probably have me where I want to watch one when I get off. Well, <laughs> since you like, now, okay, you got over the whole Pennywise thing. Do you like scary clowns now? Um, I, I like uh, Captain Spaulding. Okay. You, you know that is, right? I got to meet them <laughs> in Indianapolis. Yep, Sid Haley, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know that I, I like scary clowns, but I guess I would learn to cope with them. It, there is a movie out called Terrifier. Okay, I'm writing this down. And the soon-to-be-released Terrifier 2. I saw that post today, Donnie. Yeah, yep, it's coming. We're going to have uh, to get him back on. Yeah, we have interviewed the killer clown in this set of movies. Okay, yeah, so I, I, I've vaguely heard of this it sounds like i obviously need to check this out right yeah. art the clown that's the, art the clown. that's the main killer yeah so is art like a traditional human or does he have supernatural powers or he's he's just a psychotic human <laughs> <laughs> that's which great. are the which are the scariest thing no supernatural nothing he's just nuts yeah, he's a big. It's a big slasher movie, which I'm a slasher fan. That's what I like. Obviously, with all my Jason stuff. So, <laughs> so I'm I'm I like Michael Myers more than Jason. Is that crazy? Yeah. No, a lot of people do. It's your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. has their own flavor. So a lot of people I like. I didn't know what the accepted uh, who who was considered to be the higher liked one in the community, but oh, no. I, they're both unrealistic. But I like the fact that Michael Myers was a little bit more. Uh, possibly it scared me a little bit more seeming mm -hmm. it wasn't quite like the, like the jason goes to space and all that I, it wasn't that crazy about all that right yeah like i said he jay or michael myers was more realistic or believable because you know he's an actual human as, as opposed to jason's just uh you know he's turned into mush <laughs> rob zombie and that where they actually try to show like what, because you the psychology of like, well, why would someone be that crazy and be a killer? And then you see like, well, abused uh, home when they were a kid and, you know, mm -hmm. alcohol and violence. And well, that's probably a recipe for disaster. I can see how that would develop. Yeah. No, except everybody got their, their favorites. Like I said, a lot of people like Leatherface the most. A lot of people like Freddie the most. A lot of right. people like Pennywise, you know, as, as, as their favorite. Which I said we should have interviewed him a few weeks ago when I had him behind me. <laughs> so I just yeah. took him. I have a six foot uh, animatronic uh, Pennywise, and oh they like for two years he sat behind me there, a year and a half, a year, whatever. He sat behind me the whole time, and then I rearranged my office here. <laughs> Is that uh, Chucky I see up there as well? Yeah, Chucky and Jason hanging. My my granddaughters. Well, the Chucky was given to me by uh, one of my clients at the training center. And the uh, Jason was given to me by my niece. Right. But yeah. I, I always like Chucky too, man. He was a sneaky little devil. And uh, I like the concept of that one too, because mm -hmm. the demon possessing and like the fact that you could always just blend in and look like the most innocent thing ever. And like, no one's going to believe you whatsoever when you say that this doll did this and that. So he can just constantly terrorize you until, until mm -hmm. I guess video or something right yeah yeah i got a life-size chucky doll he sits up in my closet in my bedroom <laughs> okay. nice he used to terrorize his granddaughter with it so oh, yeah. I, I, I saw a movie in my like suggested ones on netflix the other day and i forget the name of it but it was like a ted bundy movie and i, I feel like that's going to be uh pretty gruesome right as he didn't murder mm -hmm. everybody yeah it's like a documentary or something or a mockumentary or whatever uh, yeah, mockumentary means it's uh, just like based on it, right? As opposed yeah. to because I don't think it was uh, real footage from what I was reading. It was someone portraying him and all that. But yeah, mm -hmm. I just like, am I gonna watch this? I I don't know. Hopefully, the, the, but the thing is, like someone like that, you I'm in, intrigued by how their brain works, but it's like I don't 
know how graphic they're going to be with stuff because I get the picture with a lot of it too, where I don't really need to witness it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's kinds of horror, like if you want to chop someone's head off, that's fine. But I really don't like, you know, seeing any kind of rape scenes and stuff like that. Right. No, that's not horror. That's filth. There's yeah. a difference. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's horror for the people it's happening to, but right. Yes, I agree with that, but mm-hmm. that's not something you want to see in a movie. Right. 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 Um, they, so I, I told you, I, one of my favorites is always both of the pet cemeteries. I think there was only two of them. Did, I'm sure you mm-hmm. guys played those as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like the original one better with the old man, uh, Judd or whatever. I thought he was a really good actor across the street. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I like the concept of that too, of like the animals coming back to life and all them type of things. Oh yeah, it was good. Yeah, I was a fan of it myself. My um, my favorite character wasn't Freddy or Michael or Jason. It was the creeper from Jeepers Creepers. It's gonna sound crazy, but I haven't seen him. What? Is that from the eighties? No, they, they were early 2000s, wasn't they? Or late 90s? Yeah, probably early 2000s. Watch, it's called Jeepers Creepers. Watch it. What's the, what's the premise of the show? You have uh, a brother and sister driving home from college down a backwater country road uh, being stalked by some kind of creature that is only allowed to come out every 23 years for 23 days to feed. Oh, okay. And obviously that time's approaching. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he can fly. He like if he uh he loses a, yeah, if he loses, yeah, he regenerates. If he loses a body part, he kills somebody and takes that body part and it regenerates and rebuilds his own body part. And oh wow. Yeah, it's pretty uh it's pretty good movie. I like the series. I don't necessarily three. like the director or whatever he was, but well, I mean, he was a piece of shit. But yeah, <laughs> um, there's three movies out. There's uh, it goes. It's really weird. It goes Jeeper Creepers one, two, and then three actually occurs between one and two. Okay. If that so makes- is it kind of like retconned, or was that the plan all along? No, I think it was. It wasn't really retconned. It was just. It, the way it should really run is one, three, two. Yeah. So just not in chronological order, but that was kind of how they wanted to do it. I see. Right. Right. Okay. So yeah, check it out sometime. It's uh, yeah, I like- I'm taking notes. I wrote down Terrifier and Jeepers Creepers. So they're definitely going uh, on, on my list there. I always liked the one uh, called the Hills have eyes also. Yes. I'm sure you guys like that, right? Like, yeah. like them dudes, like who would want to be even remotely close to them, right? Like, right. <laughs> and then as soon as you know, you see them or hear them, you're just like, and then you know there's a family of them. I'm like, my goodness, I'm moving, right? Right. Yeah, yeah there's another doing? one out there with sort of the same premise called Girls with Balls. <laughs> oh, don't get started on that one again, man. <laughs> He's writing that one down. <laughs> This but was the worst. That's not, so that's not an oxymoron. <laughs> no, no, it's basically a girls' volleyball team meets Hills Have Eyes, pretty much. Yeah. You know, they're, they're traveling to a tournament or something, and, and it, but it's more it's more like a funny, mm-hmm. like a bad horror, I guess. <laughs> it is horrendous. It is <laughs> so you're not a fan, Jim? 
I, I, when it got done, I just looked at Donnie and I said, what did we just watch? <laughs> it was that bad. Yeah. But I know of a film even worse. Yeah. <laughs> the only way you can get it is through me. What's that? It's called Ghost House, A Haunting. It was on Amazon Prime for about a week. <laughs> I'm in it. Oh. Uh, but it was so bad, they took it off. Like it embarrassed them? Uh, it embarrasses me. <laughs> so just like the production or the quality or what are we talking about? Everything about it. So where can I see this? You, yeah, you. I'm, I'm one of the people, if I'm going by a car wreck, like I don't want to see it. But once I know it's there, <laughs> I have to look, right? All right. I, I will send you a link to my Dropbox feed with it in it because okay. Donnie, have you watched it yet? No. I, I caught the little the beginning of it. I haven't what is, got into what it. is your role in this? What is your character? I'm a I'm a ghost that keeps appearing translucent throughout the movie except for one time when you see a character walking through and I'm actually physical. The rest of it I'm a ghost. I don't know. It's just dumb. Okay. So you didn't write it? Oh, no, 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 no. I was just a sucker actor. That's all. Okay. I mean, it sounds like a fun experience, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. That's actually the second film I was in. I was in another one that I actually have more respect for. <laughs> and I'm not embarrassed to say I was in called Revelation Trail. Okay. And that's a story about old zombies are zombies in the old in the old west? See, I'm a big fan of like old western, so I probably would like that. And I've, I've watched some of the zombie stuff too, so that's kind of combining uh, a couple of my things right there. Look it up. Uh, you'll see. Um, you know, it's called Revelation Trail. Okay. Um, myself and my granddaughter are in it. Oh, okay. Um, you see me. Uh, there's a a wide scene of zombies lumbering through the field and you'll see them being picked off. But when I got hit, I got hit in the shoulder, not the head. Yeah. So I come back for number two. Oh, okay. Um, my granddaughter, on the other hand, she's got a full face shot right in frame like this. And she gets a bullet right to the head. Oh, how'd she feel about that? Loved it. <laughs> Oh, she she was just when she saw the final production, she was, she was grinning from ear to ear. Mm, that's awesome, right there. And I'm sure that's uh, really fun to even witness yourself and just be like, yeah, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I gave her that experience. Right. Yeah, well, that's that's the way I think about it sometimes because we just had fun doing it. You know what? And that that's the thing in life you you have to have fun with your day to day. So. Like someone like me, uh, during the day, I work for this company called Game Changer Athletics, all right? And that's my uh, lifelong good friend owns the company, been friends since we were only seven. We graduated together. We've traveled the country together playing baseball and all these things. And uh, we build basketball courts and pickleball courts. Like uh, we just did a basketball court for uh, Joe Mixon from the Bengals in his backyard. We did uh, a pickleball for Chris Collinsworth, who was a good Bengal a while back. I remember him. Uh, Luke Fickle, the head coach for the Bearcats down here. We did an indoor court in his house. So all that kind of stuff. But that's sports related and sports has always been my passion. And then like I also 
umpire all those sports and then I still play and then like wrestling is also in that so like if you do all them type of things and and enjoy every day of your life like you're really not uh working too much I think wrestling is specifically that like if if you're going to be in wrestling you have to like it so you almost everybody would be like to some degree a fan or a mark at some point because it's not something you get into to be rich unless you're in like the one percent of the one percent it's more so that you're giving back and you're helping other people and you enjoy it so yeah I don't know how I got on that tangent, but I just definitely like the idea of uh, having fun every day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your movie was very fun with uh, your granddaughter. Right. But enjoyable experiences. That's like what it's all about, right? Yeah, that's you know, it's OK. Tangents are fine. We, we like tangents. Yeah. I'm sure we all do one here and there, right? <laughs> uh, so speaking of tangents, Donnie, I lost my tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to hit him with the question. I think it is time to hit him with the question. Got now we're getting back on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We got a question that we ask everybody. We kind of just spring it on them and it's, there's no right or wrong answer. Just something we do for fun. And it basically, we just uh, want to see how, you know, get in the mind of the, our guests to see if they're as twisted as we are. So mm. that question is you are the main serial killer in your own horror film. What is your go-to kill? So my go-to kill be by choke with my hands okay. uh, martial arts style that's much more personal and i would never kill someone for no reason so if i'm going to kill them they're going to know it's me and know why so i'm going to be right there boom 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 and so looking them in the eyes huh <laughs> am i as twisted as you guys for that yeah. <laughs> maybe well the know. beautiful the beautiful thing is we've been doing this for a hundred episodes this question and i'm the first one to say that by hand you're the first one. All right. <laughs> We've never had a duplicate answer. Never. Really? Really? So what are, what are a couple of you guys' favorites of, as far as what people told you how they would do that? Nice. Uh, I said mine, mine just is one I always tell everybody just because it's so funny and silly is uh, they said that they would uh, throw the person off the, off a tall, uh, like a high story building. And then after they throw them off, they would run down, get in a truck. And then before the person hit the ground, they would hit them with the truck and run them over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, man, hey, you would have to be flash pretty much to do to pull that off. <laughs> yeah, you might you might need to consult some uh, associates for that. Do a little team effort. Yeah. <laughs> Who was but, that talent that said that? I, I want to say it was Mojo, but I don't know if it was him or not. I can't remember. Right. But that uh, yeah, be, but that, that cracked me up. Yeah, it's either him or uh, Shogun. A, oh. yeah, but they, yeah, that so cracked me like up whoever said it. Mojo's <laughs> worked for me before at BOTB, but I have to say Shogun is one of my all-time favorites. Mm -hmm. so he's another one that's been a day one at Battle on the Border because with Brandon Xavier being a day one, Shogun's always been like his top student, so he was there also from day one, and mm -hmm. uh, Josh is a really, really good guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, everybody he, knows that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he came and did the Arnold with us. That's the first time I'd ever had him work for me and stuff. And, yeah, he was a pleasure. Yeah, he's, he is a class act. And he's the kind of person that one wouldn't want to mess with in real life because he also trains Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu and all that. So he's a big, strong boy without being smart. But when you put the whole smart thing with that, that's mm -hmm. tough. Yep. <laughs> so this is the part of the show, Denim, where – you get to promote everything about Battle on the Border. 
show okay. this or whatever else you want to promote. Right. I, I, I like that. Uh, so we have a big show coming up on uh, July 23rd. Uh, it's called Morris Hill Mayhem. It's our first time uh, going into Morris Hill, which is a new uh, town for us in Indiana. So we've done, you know, West Harrison and Aurora, but this is a new one for us out, out there. Uh, it's going to be done at the fire department. So it'd be cool. It's going to make money for them as well. They're actually selling tickets out there and, and getting the cut on that. Uh, so it's like nice to give back to the community. And then another really uh, cool thing about this one, the Morris Hill Mayhem, is it's scheduled to be an outdoor show. But uh, if, if not, we can pull it inside to where the fire trucks go and do an indoor show if we had an inclement weather. So obviously we could do uh, either way there. And I always love that type of uh, situation. Like I like having, being able to do one outside, but having that fallback plan, that, that's great. And then uh, we have a really, really stacked card for it. So I, I could uh, run down the matches real quick, but we got uh, Aaron Williams against Matt Taylor. I know both of those guys are like fantastic in the ring technicians. Uh, we have a new team called the Static, which is uh, one of Brandon Xavier's, uh, a pair of Brandon Xavier's students from Mega coming down against uh, Super Oprah and Big Vito, if you guys remember him from ECW. So yeah. he comes out in his dress and him and Super Oprah are quite the entertaining uh, tandem in their dresses. Um, we have one of the biggest heels in our company, Sergeant Ledbetter against uh, Iron Man Rob Conway, who's a Hall of Famer for our company. Um, We've got Congo Kong, and he's managed by uh, David Barnabas Specter, going against Paxton Calloway, who's uh, managed by another BOTB Hall of Famer, fantastic Bobby Fulton. Um, we have a new young Tim Lutz student uh, named IPA taking on Carson Drake, who's one of our biggest mm. up-and-comers on the roster, very hated, kind of like a MJF type of character. Right. Another one, that, this guy is one of my personal favorites because he and his family were all like friends of mine before they got into wrestling. And uh, he actually was a fan in the front row at Battle on the Border until I sent him to get trained. And now he's been a staple on my roster since then. But that's uh, Justin Xavier. Uh, Justin Xavier would be against Jake Shepard. Uh, they've been rivals at our company for a while, so that'll be really good. And then uh, we have Madman Fulton, our heavyweight champion, managed by David Barnabas Specter, is defending that against uh, hometown favorite Brian Pillman Jr. And then we also have our hardcore championship. So Dirtbag Dan from New Jersey is defending that against our biggest resident uh, hardcore icon in our company, which is uh, Heavy Metal Viking Hooks. And they're doing that in one of the infamous, and we've only done this three times in company history, and they've always been a pretty, pretty tough match. And that's a fans bring the weapons match. So the fans will be bringing those, and I have a security staff at the door to make sure that it's something we can use. I mean, I've had people ask me really dumb questions before. One fan wrote me, like, am I allowed to bring a bazooka? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you have that or what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so that's going to be a really big card for that. That's uh, July 23rd, more so mayhem. And the links to buy the tickets and everything are on my Facebook, so Denim Blevins on Facebook. Um, I don't think I can add like friends on there, but I, I think you can still view all my posts and that, or just follow Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling, which is the business page. I mean, that's a really good way to do it also. Um, we have uh, Twitter and Instagram too, but those are run by other board members. And to be honest with you, I don't know the exact links off the top of my head. Same thing with TikTok that's ran by someone else. But I would say if you Googled any of those three with Battle on the Border, then the links would come up. Um, we have some more shows coming up this year. We have uh, a show called Armageddon, 
an annual event uh, September 17th in Cleves, Ohio. That's a really big soccer venue. And uh, last time we were there was our first time there. We had over 300 fans there. So it was like a really good uh, turnout for first time in a new venue. And that was a couple, maybe that was in March when we went there last. Um, and then we have uh, the Farmer's Fair in Aurora, Indiana coming up in uh, October 1st. So that'll be really good. Uh, always a really big crowd there. Like I think they have like somewhere 10 to 20,000 people total come to us. So like how many walk by the wrestling? I don't know, but it is a lot. Uh, so it's like a good place to be involved. Um, and then we have our year end show, uh, December 17th, Christmas chaos. We have hall of fame inductions that night. So like last year's inaugural class had Rob Conway and Bobby Fulton. So we haven't announced yet, but we'll have some more people, uh, inducted that night. And then, uh, we have, you know, a couple more events that are still in the works. So one called uh, fight day at Fenway, which is kind of, uh, between Cleves and Harrison. So that will be good, but we haven't knocked out the details yet. And then, also another venue in Harrison uh, with a friend of mine where I umpire, uh, Nikki Simonolazuski is her name, which I know that's a great last name, uh, but we're looking to do one there also, we're working out the details on that. So uh, all that stuff coming up, um, just looking to keep putting it out there and, and building it up. Like this this weekend, I'm going out to the fire department, we're putting up posters and you know working on logistics and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just added uh, a guy named Scott Petty to our board of directors uh, a few days ago. He's taken over as our Indiana rep. So there's people like assigned different areas and stuff, and he's kind of in charge out there. And then I can't say who yet, but I have uh, another person joining the board of directors here who's like probably like a, a world famous promoter. And uh, he's very known in the wrestling business and he's just come into the mix uh, this week but I have not ready to make that official announcement yet, but I know everybody's going to like know him. And it's another one of the people where if you surround yourself with great people who have had a lot of success, uh, then, then maybe you could learn something and, and kind of follow them a little bit. Uh, so that's a big thing for me. Um, yeah. But I mean, I guess that's most of the stuff that I would have to promote coming up. I know uh, we're going to have like new merchandise and stuff at the shows. We have new DVDs are constantly being produced. We've got a new, uh, guy that does editing for us on that so we have two separate film crews that work for BOTV one of them does the shows and makes them into DVDs and I have another guy that does like highlight reels and some stuff like that's going to be released soon so yeah just I would say stay tuned and uh, watch and lots of cool stuff's going to happen. Wow there is a lot going on here in 2022 with my brain spinning bro <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to say I'm happy uh, to work with you as long as you'll have me there. I appreciate it, man. And, and I can tell you one thing about me. I'm one of those people that I always reward loyalty. So people, you know, show up and like they're reliable. They do what they say they're going to do. That's the kind of people I keep using. Okay. Uh, when, when I have to deal with people that regularly call off and stuff like that, or just go into business for themselves, things like that. That's the kind I don't use. Right. I got you. But I, I would think anybody would be able to put two and two together and know that right but yeah right. i'm happy to have you and i could see you being with me for a long time i think that'd be cool that's you awesome see, man. See a lot of different towns we we bounce around a lot and kind of like a, a travel show so you get to see some new places some new venues and hopefully get some cool experiences cool well i'll tell you um i'm donnie's ring announcer that's where i started so uh -huh. okay yeah, it's good. I mean, uh, obviously, that's the reason I had you uh, on commentary at Battle of the Borders. I have Rick Toms, who's 
been with me since I started. And okay, uh, Rick Toms is one of the nine people on my board of directors. So he's like very entwined with the company and, and always has been. And then we also have a guy named Sean Bossman who does like backstage interviews and is helpful, but uh, it's good to have depth everywhere, man. Like um, I, I like to go into it. Like when I was managing a ball team, I wouldn't go in with one pitcher or one shortstop or anything. I wanted interchangeable pieces and team players that I could move around and shift and make it happen no matter what, so that you could like build a team and a brand that was bigger than any one person because other people could pick up for them. So that's the same way I build the wrestling company. Like I have people that I love and they're great, but I had to build it to where like if someone gets sick or they're out of town or they have some huge commitment with like, say Brian Pillman's got AEW and like things like that happen. Like I have to be able to do it without anybody and be able to adjust. So that's why I like people like yourself that could wear different hats and uh, pitch in different ways. And guys like that are really valuable to promoters. That keeps you uh, booked in and of itself, I would say. Well, mm -hmm. I appreciate that. I do my best. I mean, I was kind of, I was kind of thrown to the wolves. I felt a little bit with commentary by myself, but I didn't, I wasn't by myself. Party right. Mike, I had a great time. Yeah. But he was also thrown to the wolves because he was, an extra wrestler that I had booked and our regular commentary wasn't there as kind of a fluid situation. So that was a way to keep yeah. him busy as well. And yeah, just, uh, I've done that with other wrestlers too. So sometimes the wrestlers will be guest commentators. Like I know there's a video floating out there uh, before he was famous. Brian Pillman Jr. was already like a friend and at battle on the border. And uh, he wasn't even like a certified uh, wrestler yet. And we have a video floating out there where he does commentary subbing in for us for a Chase Owens, Ricky Morton match. Okay. So that was cool. But yeah, a lot of the wrestlers do stuff like that. That's cool because like I said, uh, Mike and I had a great time talking and, and, and commentating. So, you know, I, I just look forward to whatever opportunities uh, come in the future with battle on the border. Cause it's been sure. And, and as you do it, you'll have more familiarity with um, everything about the company. Like, so, you know, the backstories and the, the wrestlers themselves. And I think that will just make it easier and easier for you once you kind of have that knowledge to fall back on. Like it's basically something, I think it just takes some reps and like being around and then uh, then it'll just get easier and easier. Yep, yep. And I, I do know some of the talent already, but not all of the talent, so. Right, and that'll, that, that, I, I would say if a year from now, if we're talking, you'll know the whole roster by then. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I plan on it. <laughs> I plan on it. Let's do it. Yeah. So if you need to check out Battle on the Border for all the good things, wrestling, check them out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash Battle on the Border. Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling. Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling. Uh, check out, uh, you know, look up Battle on the Border on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find out what shows are coming up because – He's got a stacked year. There's going to be some fun going on. Uh, for the Wrestle Horror Podcast, my name is Meat Hook Jim, along with Donnie Hoover and our special guest, Denim Blevins, Battle on the Border Wrestling. Thanks for watching and listening. See you, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media outlets, facebook.com backslash wrestlehorror, Instagram at WrestleHorror, Twitter at WrestleHorror, on YouTube at the WrestleHorror channel. And you can also find us on our website, www.
www.wrestlehorror.com.